want to learn how to become a millionaire? Are you committed to having financial freedom? To learn the secrets to building and managing a million dollar business, whatever it takes? Because today the opportunities are greater than ever to achieve your goals. Welcome to How to Be a Millionaire. In this show, we are on a mission to educate and empower a thousand new millionaires over the next 10 years through our nonprofit foundation at millionairestraining.org and through our fast track implementation programs at millionairesacademy.com. I'm your host, Sydney O'Sullivan. Some call me the Millionaire's Mentor because I've been building million dollar businesses for over 20 years. And in this show, I interview other millionaires in my network and get them sharing their best advice to create your big vision, discover your life purpose and legacy, build your dream team, develop a millionaire mindset, scale your business, invest for success, and manage and share your wealth and prosperity over the long term. I hope you enjoy the show. One was, what was the first one? Taxes. 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 Two is? Um, I would say uh, uh, or, uh, wealth training fees. Fees. So the, the fees, you know, charged by, um, charged by uh, financial planners and the such. Okay. Just to be aware of those. Um, the third one, are you ready for the third one? So yes. this is one of my favorite areas is lawsuits is that lawsuits have a huge impact on small businesses here in the United States. And, you know, the reason you don't hear about them is because people sign non-disclosure agreements. So they can't, even if someone's, even if you've been a small business owner, you've been sued, you can't even talk about it, right? But the, the average lawsuit, two thirds of them will cost any business owner over $10,000. And that's even if they win, right? That's just in legal fees is going to cost you about $50,000 right. if, if you get served a lawsuit. And even if your insurance, let's pretend your insurance covers it. Most of the time it doesn't cover the whole amount. So you still have to come up with that. And, and here's the thing. Everyone's like, oh, your LLC will protect you. Yeah. Okay. Look, it's good to have an LLC, but the truth of the matter is, is LLCs were designed to be sued. Yes. They're specifically designed to be sued. And we we get a lot of, um, I want to call it flashback or, uh, you know, feedback, feedback that, that are like, you know, talking about i am here to tell you that we have um you know basically that the reason that they're designed to be sued is because they need a place to be served the only advantage is is that hopefully crossing your fingers that they can't take your personal stuff away from you but you still have to go through the lawsuit and you have to be earning enough money that you can deal with that yeah. So, because I mean, and look, we'll just to clarify this a little bit. If you have a, your LLC as a registered agent, and the purpose of that registered agent is to be served law, uh, is to be served lawsuits and documents that's and discovery. Kind of take a different approach, and uh, is one is that we like to set up entities that are very hard to sue. Okay, you can still have an LLC, and you probably should for credit cards and for all these other things, you know, the financial industry likes just to have LLCs, yeah. right? They go, oh, but you can actually set up a, a, a trust, a, a domestic trust, which is cheap, which does not have to file any additional taxes because it's a disregarded entity, okay, tax-wise, but that can be your kind of flagship where you do your business. And, um, and that can be, can be designed and set up, not with your term, not well, we'll get into that later, but it's basically designed not, not to be sued, okay? So that you can even prevent lawsuits from even happening. In the first place, right? In the first place. 
still heard about frivolous lawsuits. It's a big deal for a lot of people, especially um, during times of economic uh, downturns. Yeah, right? lawsuits go up. Lawsuits immediately go up. And there many of them are frivolous. Oh, I slipped and fell in front of your house. Oh, your dog barked at me uh, so much that I have PTSD. I don't know, but it's there. Okay. <laughs> Could happen, but it's true. Those lawsuits come out of the woodwork. And so both business and personal. Yeah, let's talk about it. Because most people think, oh, I got an LLC, my business is protected. Fine, but that that doesn't mean your house isn't a, you know, isn't a potential place for a lawsuit. Your car, car is huge. If you have a bank account in your name, that's a potential place for them to to go take money out, right? And uh, also, if you have like an RV or planes or boats, those are all potential areas for lawsuits. So, you know, the rich, Robert Kiyosaki was great. He actually dropped a lot of breadcrumbs in his books. The problem is no house. No house. But, but he talked about, um, you know, the rich don't own anything. They just control it. And I've, I've, I've spent the last 10 years trying to figure that statement out, really, or actually 20 years figuring that statement out. And I, I understand it now. And really, it's through trusts. It's through where, you know, I don't own anything, okay? I, I, even when we had dogs, I didn't own the dogs. The dogs were in their own trusts because dogs bite somebody, right? So they're a liability in my opinion, okay? Um, I don't have a bank account in my own name. I don't have cars and cars have been in trusts. RVs have been in trusts, like boats. I put- Here's the advantage with that. Yeah. One is uh, with, with trusts, so basically what happens is you're trying to make it difficult for those frivolous lawsuits to happen in the first place. Yes. Okay. You do not want to be a target. Yes. You're minimizing the target. You're becoming more invisible. If someone comes to an attorney and says, I, I slipped and fell or um, they didn't serve me right or I found a fingernail in my food or whatever it might be, I want to sue. If the attorney does some of their due diligence, what they find is like, wow, that's going to cost ten to twenty thousand just for me to find where I get where I can serve somebody to get them into the lawsuit. They won't take it unless it's super super serious. Yeah, and look, you should have insurance. You know, I'm I'm a big believer that you know issues should stop with insurance. They should be your main defense. They should pay out whatever they pay, and then it stops there. It doesn't go beyond what the insurance pays out. Okay. Can, um, I, can I ask yes. you uh, a couple of things that have come up for me? You know, this is a really interesting uh, topic. So the things that I've seen cause a lot of, because I'm really good at making lots of money, but then I've learned through experience all these ways that it can be taken from you very easily as well, right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, so in my experience, uh, some of the things that have popped up a lot have been that, you know, um, I owned real estate, so that made me, you know, quite easy for other people to steal from, right? In lots of various ways. But the uh, insurances, I think, is one that a lot of people really overlook because you can have like a great example was I got um, cancer and I had to stop working for a while, and that's when I started realizing oh, I should have had like income protection insurance. I should have had, you know, all these different things that I hadn't really thought about until suddenly, you know, crisis. So I'd love to hear what some of the insurances you think are val valuable to have. Like for instance, I recently got cyber insurance because my insurance agent happened to mention to me that if you have a collection of people's email addresses, which we do, and it gets hacked, which can happen, 
then yeah. you have a privacy you know, issue. So you need to be insured for that. And particularly if the hackers ask you to pay in, in crypto or something, then you know, you've got, you, the insurance companies are all set up to handle that kind of thing. And I don't think a lot of businesses realize that since we've moved online, there are other issues like hacking and, you know, uh, and then there's uh, things like insurance, insuring your properties appropriately. And, but for, like for my market is mainly the people that listen, watch my show, or there are a lot of authors and speakers. And I don't think, you know, you'll hear stories every now and then about people who haven't insured their events adequately and, and can have um, really horrendous outcomes from that. So, um, so yeah, I'm many other things too, is that you can use insurance as a bank as well which allows a huge amount of flexibility in taxes, um, estate taxes, and also um, just borrowing money from yourself. So that's a huge technique here in the United States that you can take advantage of. It's a form of life insurance. Yeah. And we find that it, it's, a it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. The other thing is called key man insurance. Like if you have two people that are in, in business together, that you should have key man insurance for, you know, for each partners so that the business can at least provide income or, you know, cash in case something happens to the, the other partner. So that's, that's another insurance that really isn't talked about much, but is, can be valuable. You can have insurance for um, income. Like you said, if, you know, if you uh, get ill, um, I mean, that's just, yeah. And that's one of the danger zones that we also talk about, um, which we haven't mentioned. So we've mentioned three, right? So, so another one is this, um, unexpected, uh, illness, illness, accidents, accidents uh, parents getting ill and having to take care of them so much that you don't have enough time to do your business, you know, things like that you need to prep for and have plans for. Um, and it's one of the danger zones that a lot of people, like you said, it's like, oh, I, oh my God, I've got cancer. Yeah. Now what do I, now what do I do? Uh, how do I keep my business running if I'm the only one? And so a lot of that is looking at your business and like, okay, what systems do I have in place? You're just ma basically making a plan, the what if plan. Yeah. And um, what you're trying to do, and we all, we all learn this, the two things when you have a business is how can I make it run without me? And two, how can I have it so that it, there's an exit strategy that if I do need to sell the, the business, I'm ready for that and, and that type of thing. Now, here's the thing. A lot of people, once they get to the place where it can run without me, you keep that business. You don't sell it. It's a cash cow now. You put all the systems in place. You've done all the hard work. Why would you give up the cash? The only time you give up the cash and that because wealth one of the things we talk about all the time here is that wealth isn't how much money you have in the bank. It's how much cash flow comes in every month for you. Re so regardless, regardless if you yeah, work or not. Regardless if you work or not. That is a huge one for everyone. That's like, okay, everyone, that's a writer downer. Like take your pen, write it down. Wealth is cash flow. Well, we talk about the, like the three different numbers you should have uh, on, on hand, right? One is that... What gives you time freedom? If you had enough passive income where you didn't have to work every day, you know, like you'd actually have time freedom with that to go and do the things you want to do, right? Those, those are one number. The second number is kind of like, what is your soul number? Like what would give your soul the, you know, like the thing where you got all your expenses covered and you could go make a difference in the world, right? Like that would be, I, I call the soul number. 
Um, and that's a different number. It's a little more passive income. And then there's like, okay, I want it all now. That's the, <laughs> that's the, that's the extraordinary, or, you know, like, yacht in Morocco, yeah, the, the, the house, house yeah. you know, like, what does that number look like for passive income? So we talk about that, you know, a lot of, you know, for illnesses that make sure you have the insurance and make sure you have enough passive income. Cause we as solopreneurs, if we don't work, we don't get paid. We don't get paid. Yeah. And how can we um, ha not have that be the case? So how can you put, you know, in systems in place, insurance, a passive income in place, so it's not as big of an impact. So, and and the other one that um I was going to mention is contracts. That's probably when you're in business, having appropriate contracts in place. That's probably one of the biggest areas in my lifetime that I've seen. Uh, business arrangements, you know, not work out the way that, you know, people were expecting yeah, and yeah. have appropriate contracts. And then it just kind of ends up in a big mess. Could, do, you, do you guys yeah, and, that and, at all? And he, yeah, so. that, that leads to kind of the fifth, the fifth financial predator, which yeah. actually a perfect tie-in is oh, perfect. we, we kind of call it theft. Okay. And that's a, it's theft involves a lot of different things, yeah. right? So theft involves loss of opportunity, like loss of income or, you know, loss of, of income, um, and, you know, getting bad advice, you know, financial that's, advice, that's a theft. Yeah. Okay. It's not just pens and, and paper clips and maybe money out the door. Those are the ones that we're used to talking about, but it's a lot wider. There's time theft as well. Um, you know, there's, um, and also just, pre I would call it present theft. Like, so let's say you have, you're a dentist or a chiropractor and you have somebody at the front that is not very friendly, doesn't answer the phone well, is doesn't more, uh, more interested in their phone than they are by your right, customers. Right. And that's a form of theft. And the reason why is because potential people that would normally have come in when by somebody being inviting are like, oh no, I'm not going to that place. That woman is, you know, or that man is mean. I, you know, I'm not going to do that. And because they people don't want to put up with that stuff anymore. Well, yeah, I've, I've had um, I've had retail shops, and I coach lots of clients, you know, mm -hmm. as, as you do, and I can see I've seen this sort of stuff happening all the time. Like there was one, um, like I had a business partner who had a very elaborate fraud scheme going where uh, she put her other business's bank account on all of our invoices, so that people were paying, and they thought they were paying our company, but they were going the money was going into her company, right? Wow. Another another one of my clients had a school where the parents were coming in and they were paying the tuition at the front desk, and the recep the receptionist who was uh, one of the like business partners was actually stealing the tuition money, right? So yeah. this stuff happens. People will find really creative ways to defraud. Amazing people. to me, right? We, yeah. You know, we estimate that, um, you know, if you have employees, nearly up to 30% of your income, your net income could be out going out the door to your, your employees. But if you really tighten that up and really got that under control, you could actually be making 30% more than you do now um, you know, just by, by managing those. I think the key here is managing them yeah. and keeping your eye on stuff. And look, there's always going to be people that are that blatant that they, you know, take the check and put it into their own. Um, I think what's not so blatant that a lot of people like will put up with is like I said, that person at the front desk who doesn't treat the doesn't treat the clientele right, or doesn't answer the phone in a way that is inviting or refuses to follow the scripts and therefore the lead that came in that you worked so hard to get in the phone call that you worked so hard to get in all of a sudden becomes a dud 
And that, that is a loss of income, that conversion rate is so, it starts dropping. And, and those are the kind of things that a lot of people don't realize. And so we talk about that, like the theft that you, that of time and, and future value and opportunity costs that disappear when the hiring is incorrect, the, or people are in the wrong roles or, you know, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And always review, you know, our big secret is always review your customer experience. Like every few months, you should just go through your customer experience, see where the, where people are dropping out. And, and, and redefine that to make more money. Like you could just have your existing customers and make way more money than you're, than you're currently making as well. Yeah. So there's just so much opportunity inside of that if you just really get your head around that. And I agree with you, contracts. Like if the contracts aren't, you know, like that, that comes back to advisors, of having good advisors that give you solid advice, that give you well, you know, well-written contracts that are clear and concise and manage expectations, you know, all comes down to that. And then I think you yeah. know, I also want to talk about like some look when you're starting out of business, sometimes it's kind of nebulous. So the contract that you start with is not necessarily a contract that you do in the middle or at the end. So those contracts can be updated all the time. And that's part of the big part of being in communication because it's just it's so important that as your business grows, the contracts grow along with the business. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you I mean, could no, no. you could actually probably if, if if it's difficult to come up with an actual contract, like when I've started joint venture agreements with people, we haven't really known how it's going to work out. So I guess what you in that situation you would come up with an agreement. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a hard contract with it that covers every option. You know, of your divorce should you decide to go your own ways, but yeah. um, but it can be just an agreement in, in principle so that you you have you. You're protected if somebody, you know, because one of the problems we were talking about it before we got on the call was that we, we a lot of us work with affiliates and, uh, you know, people, some people just don't honor the affiliate arrangements. Like you'll make a bunch of sales together and then they'll say, oh, I've decided I'm not going to pay you on that, you know, and yeah, then just, all you yeah. can do is what are you going to do, sue them or, you know, you just say, well, I'm never going to work with that person again, even though we work together well, I there's no point if you're, they're going to take my clients and like, I'll work for free, right? That, that's not, I'm not here to and work for free. That, it's another form of theft because yeah. when you introduce them to your clients and they end up taking your clients to work with them because you referred them and, and you're not only losing the money that they, that they said they were going to put into the deal, you're also losing the client, right? So the attention, right? Now the client has, has to make a choice between do I spend my $10,000 here or do I spend it with this other person that they introduced me to? Opportunity cost. Opportunity cost, yeah. And, and to, to your point, Robert, uh, one of the things that, that I have is a software in my business where I say to people, look, if you are losing, you know, like your bottom line, your profit, your cash flow, you know, all these things you guys have talked about is very much dependent on how many, you know, new customers you get in, prospects you get in, how many of those you convert to sales? So to your point, Carolyn, where you were saying that, um, you know, if you've got a salesperson on your team who is burning your leads, that's a direct cost to your bottom line, which is much higher than a lot of people realize because we show them, we say, look, your cash flow, your profit comes from your money in the door after all your expenses. And so the more you can make per customer, the higher your conversion rates, the higher your retention rates these sort of things make an enormous difference proportionally to your bottom line yeah. yep. absolutely yep up for sure hi this is sydney and thanks for listening to the show today if you liked today's episode please let us know 
Hit the subscribe button so you can get updates on our new episodes. Leave us a comment or review. We love all of your feedback. Share the show with your friends and most importantly, come introduce yourself at our free online community at millionairestraining.org.